Okay. New segment. Every show, we're going to do a segment here profiling um, some of the top people in our Houston soccer community. And uh, our first guest in this one is a good one from the Challenge Soccer Club. He is Pat O'Toole. He joins us now. Pat, thank you very much uh, for coming on the program. Thank you, Glenn. All right. So first off, I want people to get to know a little bit about you. So just take us into uh, where soccer became a big part of your life, your college career, and then ultimately to move uh, here to Houston and, uh, you know, going into 33 years now in player development. Well, I actually grew up in Houston. Um, I started playing when I was a young kid at the YMCA and then later at the Klein Soccer Club. Um, And then kind of a significant moment in my life was when I was 13, I had the opportunity to go to England and play for a couple of weeks in the summer. And Dave Smith or Smitty, as most people know him, that was his team. And he later came back and, uh, or he came back for two weeks in Houston. So it was kind of two weeks in London, two weeks here. And um, shortly after that, actually, I was 14, 15 years old, Jim Houston, Bob Lyons, guys that eventually started Challenge, got me coming out demonstrating stuff for their younger girls teams. And I kind of stayed active in coaching and playing through my high school years. And, um, and then, you know, after that, I, I went to Sam Houston State for a year, which actually had a varsity program. But my dad had leukemia, so I was in and out of school for the next couple of years and then ended up going to uh, – University of South Carolina, Spartanburg, where I finished my last two years. So uh, ended up playing there and, you know, had a great experience. Uh, Frank Kolenstein was my coach and uh, had a lot of good teammates. And it was a really positive experience and came back. Challenge had kind of formed uh, as I left to go to Spartanburg. Jim and Bob had started the, the club and I would come back and volunteer and work with it with Roy Reese and, and uh, J.R. Lee, who had then come, and then Smitty and myself, you know, by 1990, we were all working in the club, and I've been kind of doing it ever since. Um, I really started with the club in 87 when it was founded as uh, helping them, but, um, but you know, came back and worked from 1990 uh, on with, with that interruption. So it's been, it's been, a, been a real fun experience. Incredible experience. Some of the names you heard there uh, that Pat mentioned uh, historic in Houston, because this really was when the model of a youth soccer club was developed down here with Roy Reese and some of the names that that you had mentioned. Uh, We're talking to Pat O'Toole of the Challenge Soccer Club. So here we are, Pat, uh, your 33rd year. Uh, This is a club that's moved players to the pros, countless players uh, into the college game. Um, How does the passion keep uh, burning for you? Uh, and what is the big payback for you? You know, I, I really, really enjoy coaching. I mean, at this stage, I still I still do eight to ten practices a week. Uh, I work with teams. I'm obviously in an office all day, and I, I've enjoyed getting to understand the, the, how the club runs and the business side of it and the interactions with people. But I, I still very much – look forward to going out and working with kids every night um, and coaching and, and helping them get better. Um, we've got a, a tremendous staff of people that I really enjoy working with. Um, you know, we've got boys now and we've got recreational soccer and Academy and our select side. And it's, it's, it's fun working with all of it for a lot of different reasons, but 
you know, the biggest, and I've got my grandkids involved in it now as well. So it's fun to watch them um, kind of evolve and learn. And I get to work with my daughter, who's our administrator. So it's a, it's a real family thing. My, my brother's on our board. And so I, you know, I just enjoy working with kids and, and, and having a good time out there and seeing them get better and reach their goals. We're very blessed that we've have, got a lot of good families to work with and a lot of good players. Pat O'Toole, Challenge Soccer Club here. You mentioned the word family. Uh, since my days uh, being involved running the Hurricane Soccer Club, and, and believe me, I learned a lot there too, uh, the, the game at the youth level has changed dramatically. There's uh, tons of money changing hands. There's ch- tons of challenges for, for parents to figure out where is the best program. You mentioned family. You know, yeah, how do you keep that family level with your with your players, uh, you, your coaches, your volunteers, all that make a soccer club go, go? How do you keep, you know, those good virtues and those good values in, in, in a big world where youth soccer has become very profitable? Yeah, I, listen, I think a lot of clubs have become they think they're Exxon Mobil or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't really look at it that way. I, you know, I've been blessed to have a really good board and and uh, people that are part of it from, you know, Jesse Harrell and Neil Hamilton, my brother, Derek Pitcher, different people over the years uh, that have been very, very good. And I think the key to running a good soccer club, I think so many people have, have uh, that are doing this really missed the boat. It's it's obviously it's about people. So if you look at a really good model for um Schools, you've got to have great administration, your leadership, your board, your directors. You've got to have great teachers. Those are your coaches. And you've got to have the right parental involvement. Unfortunately, a lot of clubs have become anti-parents. And, I, you know, I just believe that they're a huge part of the equation and how you interact with them, how you educate them, how you uh, kind of keep them moving in the right direction, all three of those groups just like any good public school, private school, everybody has their place and making sure, you know, I'm really lucky that our board made sure that at the very beginning, uh, when we got started, our, our simple thing was let's do what's in the best interest of each child. And if we do that, then we're going to be successful. And that's, that's still what we do today. Um, and I'm very lucky that we have a board and people that have supported us over the years and allow us to do that. Pat O'Toole, the head of the Challenge Soccer Club. Um, obviously, a deep-seated passion for the game. I mean, uh, I do remember when I started, I was just basically passing on the education that I had gotten from my youth coach in New Jersey, and that was a passion and a fire for the game. And, and, and that, I always felt, had to be the primary. You know, my, my job was really uh, to help just kind of pay it forward so that kids would have a lifetime of enjoyment, enjoyment with the sport. Yeah. A couple would trickle through a go maybe into MLS. A couple would trickle, a uh, ton of them would go to college. But at the end of the day, they'll be parents. They'll, they'll enjoy the game. They'll pass it on to their kids. How important is that part of it to you? Uh, because, you know, you have accomplished that. Uh, but how much of that is important every day when you go on a field to work with a group of kids? Well, certainly, certainly now, and, and I would like to think when I first got started, I mean, you know, I listened to Steve Highway one time um, 
the old Liverpool play, you know, player. And he was working with Clearwater Chargers back in the eighties. And um, Roy knew him and, but I'd listened to him at a speech, I think at the NSCA convention, he said, you know, people that work with youth players um, have got to enjoy working with kids as much as they are passionate about the game. So they got to be passionate about the game and passionate about working with kids to truly be successful at it. So um, I've always tried to, I, I feel really passionate about working with kids. I feel really passionate about impacting their lives. And I really want our coaches to do that. I want our coaches to, to think of this as more than soccer. Um, you know, certainly kids are faced with a lot more challenges than I was as a, as a child. Uh, today, they, they, they face all sorts of obstacles. And we want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of helping them um, and helping their families, uh, you know, get through life. I mean, parents put a huge amount of trust in us. And we are very appreciative of the trust that they put in us. It's the most important things in their lives are their kids. And they're trusting us with them, you know, three and four times a week to spend time with them. And, and we appreciate and respect that. And um, don't take it lightly. At O'Toole, Challenge Soccer Club, uh, we appreciate him coming on. This is our uh, Houston soccer community segment here, uh, which we're going to continue to profile uh, those that have made a huge difference in the soccer community, uh, like Pat. Are the parents more educated now? Um, and I would tag on to that as well. Um, how much coaching education do you do with them to get them to entrust you with their children? I think parents are probably more educated about the sport. Um, and they probably understand, you know, you've got more people that have played the game now, obviously, previously. I don't think that, like anything else in life, you can, you can play it, but understanding how a five-year-old um, plays soccer versus a 19-year-old or a pro or anything in between um, and understanding all those steps, I don't think, that the average parent understands that and um, the progression uh, that goes through and what, uh, a, you know, a U5 game should look like versus a U11 or U15. And I think that's where the education begins. And um, I think, unfortunately, you know, clubs have got different models in the way that they try to develop players. And I would say we're a principle of play club, which is we want kids to understand the game and, um, and make decisions in the game. We don't want to create robots where at a very young age, kids are put into a position and said, you go here and you go here. And there's such a focus on shape in the, in the younger age groups where kids are almost very robotic. And I think trying to educate parents and I just believe in developing good relationships with them. Um, we can certainly share information with them, which occasionally we'll do, but I, I really encourage our coaches to, to develop relationships with the, the parents and have a conversation with them about their kids' development and how this progression works. I think the more personal we can make that, um, that conversation and relate it to their child, the better, uh, so that they understand how this is impacting their child. That clearly takes more work, though, um, and it's easy just to shut the parents out. That takes more work. Um, is that after practice as is that via phone calls? Is that via zooms? Uh, how do you purvey your coaching uh, messaging to parents and have these discussions? Because you got an awful lot of kids. It's not an easy thing to do. 
Well, I think it's different for, I think it's different for each coach. Um, you know, some coaches are better at, you know, sending out an email. Some coaches are better at, uh, you know, um, of, at, at trying to have that conversation, whether it's after practice. We, we tell our coaches that a couple times a year they need to sit down with the family and have a, or at least offer to have that conversation about their evaluation. We're not big in written evaluations, and there's certainly a lot of systems out there now, which we have that enable us to give like grades or whatever else, but that doesn't give a complete picture. Um, I haven't found any system that gives evaluations that's going to help educate the parent and the player on truly where they are. So, you know, I listen, we're not perfect <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but we certainly aim to try to be very open in our communication with our families. We don't want to we don't want to have conversations immediately after games, but we do. We, we're happy to have conversations during the week. And really, we try to let the parents know that we have this open door so that so that they feel that they can contact us. You know, it's you know, Glenn, this will sound crazy, but it's it's not unusual for me to be on the phone 8000 minutes a month, you know, talking to parents, college coaches, players, whatever. And um, mainly because that's my preferred form of communication is to talk that way because I'm not great with emails. But I just encourage our coaches to do communicate them in a way that people feel open, that they can have those conversations. And I think that works. Pat O'Toole, the head man of uh, Challenge Soccer Club, tremendous reputation. They've moved players uh, into colleges and universities onto the pro game, but most importantly, have pervaded the love of the game uh, as well. How rewarding is it for you when, you know, one of your ex-players comes back with a family and a job and now their child is playing in your soccer club? I mean, that's 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 the youth development game coming full circle, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm at a stage now, Glenn, where I'm pretty sure I'm going to be coaching some of my players, grandkids here soon. So um, <laughs> that's, awesome. Uh, that's awesome. I've got some of my original players um, kids that are now in college and finishing up college. So it won't be long for them. Um, that's very rewarding. Um, you know, to, uh, for our players who are very passionate about our club and, uh, and to want to bring them back to us. And, and they talk about, it's interesting, you know, we've had kids in the, our 80 birth years and our 90 birth years that were competing for national championships every year. And they don't talk about that. When we come back, they talk about the van rides, the airplane rides, the hotel rooms. They talk about, you know, the kind of all the intangibles that we've always wanted our children to get out of sports. That's what they talk about. And that's what we try to keep front and center um, in our in our organization is, is that those are those are truly the uh, important things. And the other things are the byproduct of doing those things right. And um so, yes, it's very rewarding. I've been very blessed um, and fortunate to have a lot of people that believe in, in our program and in me and, and a lot of good coaches that I've worked with. And it's great, you know, get to go to their weddings, get to go to their um, to see their kids and see them every day and work with some of them. I started hiring a lot of them to work in our rec program and they've done a phenomenal job. So it's 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 very fun. All right. So I got a big one for you because this one's always escaped me a little bit. And obviously women's team sports and let's talk NWSL, a couple of markets draw tremendously, but 
it still is a challenge to put people down at Houston Dash games. And I always go back to the amount of players that have had the whole youth experience. Many of them have gone on to college. They've turned over generationally now. They're parents. They're working. They have kids. But the former female soccer player, it doesn't seem wants to go and watch the NWSL product in the higher level. Why do you think that is? And how do you get them? I don't know. That's a good question. It's interesting. I talked to Anson about it after the first couple pro leagues failed. And, you know, he said that his players, I think, if I recall the conversation, were more likely to watch a, you know, English Premier League game uh, than they were to watch their own peers uh, play in the women's pro league. Um, I don't know. That's It's a really good question. I, I think that my thought would be that I think that the pro clubs have got to do a better job of recognizing that it's a different pro pro sport. It's probably more like triple a or double a baseball and that you're trying to get families out there versus maybe the NFL where people are going because they're winning or losing, you know? Um, So maybe the pro clubs have got to do a better job of creating a, an environment that is, attracts families. I, I, I really don't know that I have the answer. Um, and you would certainly like to see the women's players go in droves to just support that the, um, you know, their former teammates, their former, their peers and, and, and go out there and watch the game. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I have the answer to that. I know that we're, you know, we're starting a WPSL team this year, and Albion's done a really good job with that as well. And we're starting that, and we're hoping that it's we're able to draw some some of our younger you know players, the younger girls, out to watch, and maybe maybe we'll learn more about that and see how see what we can do to try to impact that in a better way, so that you know more females are going out to support female professional sports. I mean, um, I don't know that. Um, tremendous interview. We thank you very much. Continued success with challenge. This is, uh, I know a labor of love for you, uh, your support of the game, uh, all the great mentoring and teaching and working you're doing with players. Um, it's important for us, I think, to recognize guys like yourself who have been so committed to, to the sport. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Well, Glenn, thank you. And thank you for all that you do to raise attention and awareness, uh, you know, in our soccer community, you do a great deal for everybody, and, and I certainly appreciate it.